Well, now, welcome back to another ESL podcast, man. I just want to say happy Friday to everyone and for everyone who's listening to this and will listen to this in the future. Just want to say thank you so much for, again, your unbelievably profound support of my ESL podcast. Again, if you guys would like to hear specific things, specific series, all that other stuff, make sure you get in contact with me. Yeah. And also Patreon is available if you want exclusive you know, or before they launch early access to all my ESL podcasts, because I schedule all of these in advance. So I have about one month's worth of podcasts that are already done. So again, if you want these early access podcasts, or if you want exclusive podcasts, or even more exclusive material, such as my Patreon silver badge and all that, click the link in the description, check out my Patreon, get in touch with me, and we could go from there. But with that being said, here we go, guys. (sighs) we're going to be talking about conflicts. All right, this is going to be a nice listening podcast today. So what we're going to do, first and foremost, we're going to hear a debate. Well, not first and foremost, but we are going to hear a debate about proactive and yielding, uh, yielding methods of dealing with conflict. Okay, now again, yes, this blog is available already. So if you're listening to this, go to the ArsenioBuckShow.com. You're going to be able to do some IELTS style type of taking notes, which you're going to see on my blog. But nonetheless, we first have to talk about conflict in general. So what methods do people use to deal with conflicts? I want you to make a list, okay? And which methods confront conflict and which attempt to prevent it? Well, the thing is, I was always a person, like conflict with family, right? And this was primarily with my brother because there would always be a buildup. Rather than resolving it and having a sit down with him and speaking about it, it was too difficult because he, it it was always his opinion was right. If the sky is actually blue and I say it's blue, but he thinks and believes it's red, I have to concur with him. Meaning I have to agree with him to avoid conflict. So it wasn't until when I got like, what you know, when I moved here to Thailand, I'm like, man, don't you ever dare because again, this has been a long history and it's unavoidable. And when there is a conflict, there is an absolute explosion. He's screaming, he wants to fight, he's very belligerent. Oh my God, war's happening. He's uncontrollable. And so for the next week, it's very quiet, but then it's like a reset button, right? I know it's really weird, but there's a reset button. We go all the way back to the beginning and then the one to 10 begins again. So again, maybe first couple of weeks, it goes up to like 0.2, but then it goes up to like 0.75. When it hits 10, the explosion happens and there's always a reset. There was no way of dealing with that type of conflict, right? Now that is obviously a sibling rivalry, but here at work, of course, there could have been a number of ways I could have dealt with things uh, with conflict. Um, You know, there was a lady that always favored other teachers over me, although I am a work permit holder. And I'm like, wait, why do you continue giving them work, but you're not giving me anything? Now, again, yes, we know that there's bias and there's colorism in this country. So then I'm like, okay, listen, I'm no longer free this day, this day, this day, this day, that would don't ever contact me again. But then when a class does come, she's like, no, you have to, I said, I don't have to do a damn thing. Because you need to contact the guy that actually is, you know, he's the CEO of this place. So you can understand what my contract actually entails. 
and it entails that 20 hours a week is all I need. If you don't even give me that, I will limit it to 16 hours a week or 15 hours a week. Now, luckily, unfortunately, all the other teachers have gone away. And it's funny because now I'm the quote unquote go-to person. But at the same time, I'm building everything online so that I no longer have to deal with people who are biased. You know, people are going to unwittingly come to me because they know how great I am and they see my uniqueness. They see the passion and they know what I deliver. Do you guys understand? So dealing with that type of conflict, I don't have to prove anything to anyone anymore. I've reached a level of consciousness where I'm like, if they say, could you please do a teaching demo? Uh, no. Can you please send me a resume? No, my resume is actually <clears throat> through my podcast, through the videos I sent you through all my corporate gigs I've done, presentation workshops at Yokogawa and doing all and doing email workshops. Uh, but I, I have a whole bunch of video. So if you're not able to make a decision through that, goodbye, you're wasting my time. And so what, what I'm going to tell you guys before we go into this listening is stop looking externally and look internally, right? Me, I have a tendency of looking externally for work, but little do I know, I have a significant amount of work internally with the following base I have, with the classes I'm setting up online, with the Patreon, which I'm kicking off and everything. So why do I continue to look externally? It's because fear. And where does this fear come from? Do you see what I mean? So again, a way to avoid conflict, obviously, is by coming to independent, location-independent digital nomad and so that I don't have to work for people anymore, that's obviously the ultimate goal. But at the same time, I love to address issues. And I like to say, hey, listen, you've been very quiet. Hey, let's have a nice little sit down. Luckily, everyone who I deal with, they're of the higher consciousness level. You know, if I, if I go into the gym and one lady is very standoffish, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to bother her much today. You know, if another one is like very moody, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to bother her much today. And there were specific individuals I had come across last year where, you know, one day they could be very happy. The other day, they just don't even say anything to you. And, they, and when you say hello, they don't say hello. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to say hello ever again to you until you tell me what the problem is. And of course, that individual never did. So I said, okay, goodbye. Best of luck to you. Again, guys, dealing with people, it's always about, yes, when in doubt, check it out. If you feel there's a problem, ask the question but also being real, like being truthfully honest. Hey, I know these are hard conversations, but there's no reason to run from it anymore. You know that we're going to have to have this conversation. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna now, or oh, I'm gonna give you a list of managing conflict, okay? Now, this is called predictions and listening to confirm predictions. Now, you have the proactive or yielding side, right? So number one is cooperate with, or with your opponents by doing some, but not all of what they want. Then there are five other entries. You have to circle proactive or yielding, right? Proactive being you have a proactive approach to it to like what I just told you. Or yielding is kind of like you just put it off, like such as number one, you know, doing something, but not all of what they want. That's yielding because you know you don't want to do it. <laughs> so address it. This is why, you know, me working with people upcountry, and when I, while I was working there, 
there was this lady again she is very she's like a ticket time bomb if you're not on her good side she won't give you work she'll play favorites she'll disappear for you she won't speak to you for a year i ended up getting back on her good side i told her listen i don't have to prove myself anymore you know what i'm capable of if that's not enough goodbye but before i even had sent that message she or before i even sent that message she had told me went on a crazy rant she left the group she didn't want to talk anymore. She's gone. I'm like, see, you're running away from arguments that you or from, from problems that you need. Like, like from a problem, like not even a problem. You literally ran away from the best teacher in Thailand, the best trainer in Thailand. How will you ever get someone else like me is impossible. But what you did with me is exactly what you've always done, but you don't do it with your other teachers. You actually sit down and talk it, you know, talk it back and forth and you have that real conversation. But with me, you throw a hissy fit, you disappear. I don't like working with people like you anymore. Goodbye. And again, that's very bold. But at the same time, that was four years running. And it felt damn good to do that too. So now what we're going to do, we're going to listen to this. I'm going to take notes. And again, if you guys want to go on my blog, thearseniobuckshow.com, while listening to my podcast and look at some of the notes and some of the things you can circle, whatever it may be. Again, if you're on an iPad and you have a stylist, even better. So with that being said, guys, let's get right into this. Oh, but before I actually get into this, I need to screen share. See, boy, I was about to screen share and that was going to be the end. You guys would have been just sitting there idle while wondering what the heck is going on. So now let's get into this. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's debate. The motion for the debate is as follows. Proactive ways of resolving conflicts are better than attempts to prevent or mitigate them. Proposing the motion, on my right, we have on the postgraduate team, Felix and Owen. Opposing the motion, on my left, we have the second year undergraduates team, Fatima and Carmen. Our judges today are Lisa and Molly. I would now like to call on the first speaker of the proposition, Felix, to open the debate. Good afternoon, Madam Chairman, ladies and gentlemen. The topic for our debate is proactive versus preventative methods of resolving conflicts. We define proactive methods as cooperative styles of resolving conflict. And with this definition, we as the affirmative team believe that proactive methods are superior to preventative methods. As the first speaker for the motion, I'm going to discuss two points. Our second speaker for the motion will rebut and sum up our team's case. So my first argument is that conciliation, which is basically meeting the other side halfway, not just giving in, is the right way, the best way, the most effective way to resolve conflict in the long term. Both sides can take some satisfaction from the resolution, and there is a wonderful feeling of both having been generous but also winning something for yourself. My second point is that a cooperative style produces a win-win situation so that both sides get what they want in the end. It's not admittedly the easiest method, 
because it requires high levels of empathy at the same time as focusing on your self-interest. This sounds impossible, but can actually be achieved with training and practice. If all the participants at international conferences on world issues like climate change came to the table with this approach, they would undoubtedly achieve amazing things. So Madam Chairman, ladies and gentlemen, in conclusion, we should try to resolve conflicts with the aim of pleasing both parties in a conflict. Something that, unfortunately, given the undeniable strength of our position, won't happen today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Felix. And now we will hear from the first negative speaker, Fatima. Uh, Madam Chairman, ladies and gentlemen, we agree with the topic and definitions given by the first affirmative speaker. However, we believe that their main statement is false. As the first negative speaker, I will give you two arguments in favor of adopting an avoiding or yielding style of conflict resolution. Our second speaker will rebut the opposing side's argument for a proactive approach and sum up our team's case. Now, my main point is that most conflicts can be completely avoided simply by waiting for the situation to pass. In my culture, for example, conflict can result in what we call loss of face, which can lead to long-term damage to personal or business relationships. So it is much better to adopt a kind of wait and see policy. And my second point is that a yielding style can be very productive. In some cultures, it might be seen as very insulting to be too concerned about your own position. To achieve harmony, you have to respect the other side. So, ladies and gentlemen, Madam Chairman, judges, the so-called proactive strategies for resolving conflict may appear attractive in one particular type of culture, but in today's multicultural business world, they are likely to fail. A yielding style, as I am sure you will agree, is a far more constructive method of maintaining goodwill, unifying the parties, and therefore resolving conflict. Thank you. Thank you, Fatima. Now, to rebut the first affirmative speaker, we will hear from Carmen. Madam Chairman, ladies and gentlemen, the first affirmative speaker has tried to tell you that a proactive, cooperative approach to resolving conflict somehow results in all parties feeling that they have won. A win-win situation, I believe he called it, where everybody feels a kind of glow of happiness. I know, it does sound childish when you look at it like that. Now, the reason this view is wrong is that it is inherent in any real-world conflict as opposed to theoretical conflict that one side is more powerful than the other. So, more often than not, the weaker side will feel that the other is trying to bully them into agreeing to something that they don't want. To the weaker side, it feels like a violation, not a birthday party. So, Madam Chairman, ladies and gentlemen, in conclusion, in the real, multicultural world that we live in, rather than the fake world imagined by the affirmative team, we need an approach to conflict that does not involve imposing our will on others, but one that helps avoid it in the first place. Thank you. Thank you, Carmen. 
Now to rebut the first negative speaker, we will hear the final speaker, Owen. Madam Speaker, ladies and gentlemen, the first negative speaker, Fatima, has tried to tell you that there is a cultural issue with trying to find a resolution to a problem. That may be true in a very few situations, but should we really just give in to anyone who's in conflict with us, even when we know we are right? Surely it is cowardly to do this. And Fatima also said that we should just wait for things to get better by themselves. That is simply dangerous in a world where we need to find ways to solve serious problems. We can't just wait and hope. Madam Chairman, ladies and gentlemen, in conclusion, proactive methods where each side give incentives for the other side to amend or refine their position until the conflict is resolved are not merely the best way, they are the only way. Thank you, speakers for and against the motion. Now the judge. So, wow. Okay, first and foremost, that last speaker, he spoke very louder. You know, he used like adverbs such as cowardly. He said it's not good, but dangerous. I, now, again, there were no facts that, uh, you, you know, that backed that up. And that's the problem with debates. You got to have facts, right? Um, but again, I'm going to have to use the fact that this is why America is where they are today. America has the most COVID cases in the world because, well, you have black leadership. And that leadership feeds into these people who don't want to wear a mask. So the yield in effect the yield and effect of this situation in America is what, of course, the head of state in America said, this is a simple flu that will go away. I don't know when he said that, February, March, April, but at that same time, he was telling someone else something completely different, such as this is a very dangerous flu. So it was, a, it was hypocrisy at its finest. You're saying one thing, but you're not telling the general public the other thing, and they're just, you're just telling them to feed in to rebelling against something that's extremely dangerous. And so this is what yielding is. You think that it will just go away, but honestly, it's just gonna come back. This is why I ended up having a completely broken relationship and I no longer speak to my brother or my family. Now, again, I could have sat down with my mom as I tried doing for so many, you know, so many times over the past five years. Now I said, hey, you know what? I'm no longer, I'm not even gonna try anymore. You're a mother that just doesn't care. It's a long story, I'll leave it there. But with my brother, see if I had sat down with him and looked at a proactive approach to why he always gets angry or my mom possibly could have gotten him help, we could have had a very well intact family. Rather than me being in isolation, my brother now being in isolation, my sister's not speaking to him and my youngest sister being just like the angriest individual in the world, my mother hates my guts, although she just pressed Facebook likes and sends stickers on my wall posts. <laughs> you see what I mean? This is the dilapidated yielding approach. So again, I understand the whole lost face, that's what Thai, Thai culture is. Losing face is what it's about in this country. People are scared. This is why they don't put their stuff out there. It's kind of like what happened with the Killington Cold House six years ago. Uh, you know, the big fire at uh, 11 years ago at Santicapa, which killed a lot of people. All these things, they didn't really want to come out because they didn't want to lose face. And that is dangerous because that equates to egoism. 
which is one of the seven deadly horsemen, which Napoleon Hill had mentioned in his book, Law of Success, back in the 1930s. It's just like envy. It's just like jealousy. It's just like criticism. All of these negative emotions, they end up just succumb, we succumb to it. So if you think, oh, I'm going to lose face, I mean, what? If someone came to me and said, oh, Arsenio, um, you know, oh, you were wrong on question number six on TOEFL, would, would I lose face? No. I'd be like, hey, you know what? You're right. You got me. I've done that plenty of times with my students. You know, sometimes they're like, oh, teacher, you more, meaning you, you, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I'm not a saint. Sometimes I overanalyze. I'll take my L congratulations. Did I feed into your ego? We're all human beings, people. And so, again, that is the yielding approach, preventing something that's ultimately going to happen. And this is why America is in the rut it is today. Now, again, Thailand, if we look at it from a COVID perspective, it had a proactive approach. Taiwan had the proactive approach. New Zealand had the proactive approach. Vietnam had the proactive approach. However, India, Brazil, UK, America, and all the other countries that have over 500,000 COVID cases, they weren't proactive at stopping it whatsoever. So how did that yield and how did it work? So again, effective. Now, if we go back to like the win-win situation, uh, the winning is for egoism. I know the girl that had said, oh, but one person is going to get, she was basically saying that one person would get 60% and the other person would get 40%. That's, uh, again, it's kind of like how you look at it. Is your glass half full or is it half empty? You know, if you really feel like it's snub, say, no, I don't think that's 50-50. You got to meet me halfway on this. I've done that a couple of times. You know, I remember there was, um, there was a lady, it was so funny. I was just thinking about it this morning. There was a lady I contacted on Instagram, completely forgot what her name was, but I was trying to link up with people and do all these awesome interviews, like towards the end of 2017. Boy, I would have been big today. But, you know, she ended up telling me, she was like, oh, um, you know, for you to come onto my show, whatever radio show it was, she said, oh, you have to pay me 1,000 US dollars. I laughed. I blocked her. I didn't even say anything. I just blocked her. And I said, does that sound like a win-win situation? That sounds like you getting everything, me getting very little to no exposure, and then that's it. First and foremost, when you come at me with the dollar sign, it's not good. It's kind of like when people, they approach me and they say, can you help me? I'm like, absolutely, what do you need help with? I don't just throw dollar signs out there. That's not what I'm about. That's not what my business is about. That's not what I want people to view me as, right? Because again, I'm not looking at, looking at it for the perspective of their best interests. I'm looking at it for what's best for my pockets. People need to understand that. It's kind of like the majority of the people in that Facebook group that I was getting in contact with. Uh, of course, no offense to my Indians and whatnot. And I know I have Indian listeners, you know, from time to time, you know, but there were a couple of them who were very rude about my free consultation. They were like, oh, I want to do this for 30 minutes. I want to do this for 30 minutes. No, no, no. This, these are my rules. You're getting something for free. And guess what? A lot of that free in just one hour pushed people over the limit. And now they got their desired 
IELTS score. So for you to come into my house and set the rules, metaphorically speaking, right? It's kind of like if you had someone come over and they're like, oh, turn off the TV. Oh, uh, uh, open the windows. Excuse me? You probably would say, could you please get the hell out of my house? Right? This is my house. These are the rules and the regulations for my place. Now, win-win is if we're outside, okay? If it's half-half, 50-50, let's have a nice little chat. So again, higher levels of empathy. This is how world leaders could come together. This is how they could come together and come up with an agreement. California is in flames right now, people. Hurricanes are slamming into all the southern states as well as Florida. And it doesn't seem like there's going to be any sign of letting up. And again, what is happening with all the leaders in the world? They're yielding. It's funny because who was it? France, they needed Donald Trump to sign that climate change pact. And I'm like, guys, you don't need America. America has 5%, apparently, 5%. I think it's false. But America has 5% of the world's population. Okay. So what about the other 95%? I understand America's number two in greenhouse gases, right? Right behind China. But listen, that do, what about the rest of the 95% of the planet, guys? If you guys all work together, who gives a damn about the 5%? Again, half the glass half full, half empty. So with that being said, man, that was a fiery podcast. Again, guys, man, if you want to have these types of conversations, you need to touch upon this even more, join my Patreon silver badge or at least go into, uh, what is it, the, the, the ESL, the Early Access Podcast because I put really cool exclusive material in there too. So with that being said, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in to my wonderful ESL podcast. If you guys have any questions, let me know. And as always, get in contact with me. I have my Instagram. I have my Facebook page. I have everything out there for you guys. So I'll be waiting as usual. I'm your host, over and out.